Happy Monday, everyone. I'm your host, Heidi Poon, and welcome to the Happy Spotless Minds podcast, a weekly lifestyle and career podcast for the everyday millennial to learn, connect, and smile to. On season two, we focus on the key question, who do you want to be in a couple of years? Join us as we discuss topics on career goals, personal development, and mentorship with those that have experienced it all. Turning hardships into happiness, one episode and one lesson at a time. Hello everyone, happy Tuesday. It's weird for me to say that because I normally always say happy Monday, but super excited to be back with another episode with another girl boss. So kind of going off of the beauty space, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into this newer brand called Emboss Beauty. It is a lash company founded by the wonderful Julia. So she is a certified makeup artist turned to young woman entrepreneur. And I was just so interested in her story, you know, her kind of struggle and lessons that she learned through navigating COVID as well. And ultimately, looking deeper into the behind the scenes of production when it comes to coming out with the perfect product. Enjoy! So hi everyone, welcome back to another episode. Today I'm with, yet again, you know, another girl boss. So today we have Julia. So she is the founder of Emboss Beauty and she's also a makeup artist. So we're super excited to kind of have her on the pod to talk about, you know, navigating through COVID-19 and also her kind of business and starting that off. Uh, starting that off. So hi, Julia, welcome to the pod. I'd love to know, you know, like a little bit about your business, your horoscope, and then we'll start it off with an icebreaker question. Perfect. Thank you for having me. It's my very first podcast, so I'm so excited to be here. Checking um, off the list. Yeah, right <laughs> off the list, right? We're going strong. This year is going strong so far, first month in. So my name is Julia. I am the founder of Emboss Beauty, which is a lash brand that focuses on quality, style, and comfortability. It is a luxury high-end quality lash, but it has affordable and reasonable pricing. So you can find that on Instagram at Emboss Beauty. And as well, I'm also a makeup artist by trade. And you can find me at Julia VNG. Yeah, honestly, I, I first saw you through probably Michelle's yeah. Instagram. So funny fact, Michelle is my best friend from childhood and also Julia's cousin. Shout out Michelle for oh, connecting you. us both. Go Michelle. But I saw her. I know. I saw her graduation makeup and I was like, wow, sign me up for that. I need that for my graduation photos. But uh, basically, that's the way that we got connected. So thank you, Michelle. And I guess going into the icebreaker question. So this is a little bit related to makeup too, but it's uh, if you only had to choose one product out of your makeup or skincare routine, that that's the only product you could use for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? I feel like I have to say lashes. <laughs> it would kind of only make sense to do that. But I think it definitely makes the biggest difference. Like, well, for me personally, I have such short natural lashes and I feel way better even when I just like have no makeup on, no brows, no anything. And I just have a lash on. Lash and some like lip gloss or some lip balm. So I guess for skincare, I would probably say a lip balm or a really good moisturizer. But Definitely the lashes are needed because I look like naked mole rat without though. 
So <laughs> yeah. Facts. Yeah. There's been times when um I just go to a meeting just with lashes, nothing else, and no one sees through them. They think I have like a full face of makeup on and it's yeah. like it's just the lashes. <laughs> exactly. I find like when you put the effort to like actually just put on a lash, everyone just thinks everything else is like done. Your lash and if your hair looks decent, they're like, Oh yeah, this girl put in like lots of effort today. She looks good, she's great, cleaned up nice. <laughs> But I guess going into the first truth or myth prompt. So the first one is a classic one that we always hear, but it is makeup causes acne. So this is definitely a myth. Um, Makeup doesn't cause acne. I would say if you don't remove your makeup properly, it causes acne. Um, So definitely wash off your makeup, use proper skincare, but you can do the most makeup, heavy layers of makeup, full glam every day. But as long as you're taking it off, you're not sleeping in it, then you're good to go. Yeah. So shout out to those girls that sleep with makeup on, aka me. It's <laughs> a horrible <laughs> habit. To- <laughs> it's a horrible <laughs> habit to have. You're but like I, sitting uh... there listening to this. You're like, mm, okay. <laughs> okay. Talk about me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no. it's, it's, that's definitely the one thing I know, like, for me, even when I was like, in my party phase, when I was like 19, I was like, Oh, my God, like, I'm like, so tired, I'm not gonna take off my makeup. And that's exactly how I got pimples. So that's definitely the case. For sure. Yeah. And then moving on to the next one. So it is the beauty industry is not as inclusive as it should be. So I think this is a myth now presently um if you were to ask me this a few years ago i would have definitely said true um i find the past few years the beauty industry has gotten way more inclusive with like new brands being like very broad in their shade range for complexion products the models they use the brand ambassadors they use and the way their instagram looks like now if i go on any brand's page i feel like i'll see every type of person whether it is like someone who's of color, someone who's blonde, blue eyes, like we kind of see everything. And it just like, yeah, it definitely makes you feel like open to the brands. There's definitely still certain brands that aren't as open, but the past few years, I find it's been way better than previously. Yeah, I would agree too. Um, This is why I wanted to include this prompt because I, I, I totally agree. Like a couple years back, I think people looking for certain shades it's just like you know there's only five shades and they're all light or they're all dark and then now I feel like it's part of appreciating our natural beauty right so I definitely see that in brands like Rare Beauty, Glossier, other uh, other brands like that as well. Venti, yeah. Yeah and then moving on to the last one so it is expensive beauty products are better than inexpensive ones. Definitely a myth for sure. (laughs) Um, having worked in the beauty industry um, on the retail side as well as the actual like makeup artist side of it, uh, I learned a lot through the retail side of the beauty industry. Um, all of the makeup conglomerates they actually own drugstore and the luxury brands together. So most of the time, it's just like the marketing and the packaging that's actually different. But drugstore products, if you find something that works for you, like good for you because then you get to save some money on you know, rebuying that per- that product monthly. But yeah, it's definitely a myth because I find like there's so many things that I love that are drugstore. And then there's also so many things that I love that are high end. 
Yeah, I think there is definitely this kind of stigma around people buying beauty products that are like, you got to stay away from drugstore. But then I feel like over the years, there's just been so much proof that that's not the case. Like there's, it's the same across the board, like a good product is a good product and there's cheap and then or there's cheaper and then there's also the really expensive ones as well. And then moving on to part one, so talking about the makeup industry and then in specific your brand as well, Emboss Beauty. Going into Emboss Beauty, so tell us about kind of your journey starting Emboss Beauty. What was the purpose behind the business and what's in store as we see Emboss Beauty continue to grow in 2021? Yeah, so working as a makeup artist the past few years, it definitely taught me a lot about you know, what works on different eye shapes, what I think is like comfortable and uncomfortable when it comes to makeup and wearing fall season specific. And I'm a lash enthusiast myself. So I've worn lashes since I was like a teenager. Um, I've never had long lashes. So it was kind of always like my little insecurity where, you know, if I wanted like flirty or fluttery looking eyes, I would have to wear falsies. So over time, I was just always customizing my own lashes. And I found like there was kind of a gap in the lash market in the sense where there was lashes that were really nice, but they were either too big on my eye or they were too expensive for my budget at the time. And then with the drugstore lashes, I find you just couldn't wear them as much as you wanted to. So the reuse for those lashes were maybe probably one or one to three times. And, you know, you're buying them and then it adds up to basically amounting to being expensive. So Within Boss, like what we really set out to do was to make sure that we had quality as well as a good price and something reasonable that basically anyone was able to buy. Because I think with lashes, it's like a very fun product. It shouldn't feel like, you know, you're breaking the bank to kind of like have a pair of lashes. If you lose the lashes, you shouldn't feel like it's the end of the world. But also you should want to be able to go back and reuse your pair of lashes a few times if you do really like them. A lot is actually coming. I have a lot on the way. We currently are working on new styles. They'll be out very soon. As well, we may branch off to products that are not lashes. So I'm very excited for that. I'm extremely passionate about making products and designing. So I'm excited for everyone to see everything that's to come in 2021. Uh, Going on to the second question. So what is the biggest faux pas that you've seen people do when applying makeup? Do you have any top tips that you would always kind of advise your clients? I would say there's no real faux pas. Like I don't think there's real, you know, mistakes that people could make. Obviously there's certain techniques that might be better for like your skin or better for certain eye shapes, certain facial features, but everyone kind of like does their makeup in their own way and it works for them. So there's no real faux pas, but I will say there's one trend going around on TikTok and it's the layering of the foundations and just so much makeup. So I would say that one trend in specific it would be my little faux pas. <laughs> oh, yes, I know. It is the girl who's like, she mimics the song and she like pours the foundation on her face. It's so entertaining to watch. Like I think for like content and for TikTok and like the way she does the videos, it's honestly very entertaining. I've watched so many of them, 
But to actually on the daily basis use that much makeup, I would say it's like you definitely just need like one application of foundation. And then the last question we have for this part one is how has COVID-19 kind of affected the beauty industry um, and your business? And where do you kind of see the beauty industry pivoting as we go on the next few years um, along with with this whole? So definitely COVID-19 has affected the beauty industry in a huge way. I think with specifically makeup artists, hairstylists, nail technicians, anyone that's on the service side of the beauty industry because we weren't really able to work at all during this year throughout the lockdowns. So I know that that was definitely a hit on myself and, um, you know, my friends who are also in the industry as well. Uh, Makeup's one of those things where it's like, the more you do it, I find you get into your rhythm. So when you're not doing it for a while, you definitely kind of feel like you've lost some of your magic when you're doing it. But I think right when we're able to go back outside, I know that all of my makeup artist friends, hairstylists, nail technicians, everyone is just going to be doing such amazing work. We're going to really be like trying out new techniques. We've like practiced on ourselves. We're on our family members for an entire year. So we are ready to go right when we're allowed to work again. In terms of makeup brands, I think if they didn't already make the adjustment to market towards like content creators and really working on building good content and video for TikTok and Instagram, they've definitely had to pivot and make that adjustment this year. So I actually think in terms of like makeup sales in that sense, they if they were to pivot and market the right way, they probably might have seen the same numbers. I know for skincare, definitely, it was a really big boom for them since everyone is at home taking care of themselves and using self-care. And then moving on to part two. So this is about your girl boss moments and really your tips and tricks um, within the industry from your years of experience and also from you know, building your business from ground up. So first we'll be talking about, you know, creating Emboss Beauty and just creating a product in general. I think this is a part in the back end that not a lot of listeners or just people in general really know how much work goes in on the back end to create, you know, packaging, you know, even choosing down to like the box you want to use. There's so much that goes into it, right? So first going back to the basics. So how did you really create your lashes? And just in general, how do you approach creating the product and its design? So for the lashes in specific, I spent a year sampling, designing, and testing out lashes. So prior to that, because I was already customizing lashes for myself and for clients, it definitely made the transition easier when actually looking to design styles for Emboss. And yeah, just really doing my research and making sure that everyone does think it's comfortable. Everyone agrees that this style is nice. Everyone thinks like they're good quality. So when it comes to actually making a product, I think you just have to take your time. And if something doesn't work or if you like something and you find that everyone else that you're asking doesn't like it, then chances are you could probably fix it and tweak it to a way that makes more people like it. Um, I actually have a story in specific about our packaging. So when we were designing our packaging, um, 
I know that everyone really likes it and they think it's amazing and it's beautiful and it's different. But to get to this point, it really took a while. I had three different boxes and I actually went through with production on the second box. The entire production run came and I looked at all the boxes and I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> so right away, I was like, if I don't like it, I'm not going to sell it. Um, I This is just, this is, isn't it. It just didn't feel right. So we went back to the drawing board and they designed a brand new box, which is the box that we have now. Sampled it, put it into production. And now that we have it here and everything's good, we launched and everyone likes it. So definitely take your time. There's no rush. Um, you might lose a little bit of money when you're trying to figure it out, but it's definitely worth it to just feel like what you put out is right. It'll never be perfect, but it just has to feel right. And you just have to be proud of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And there's so many times I feel like even even I feel this for, for my podcast, for example, that you invest so much time into like this baby that it's like you kind of get clouded from, you know, what a typical consumer may have, right? So it's really important, you know, even as a small business, when you're starting out, you're only kind of you know, focusing on one core pro, um, product that you're making sure that it's the best, you know, all everyone around you is fully supportive and that you can understand, you know, different perspectives and different eye shapes. Yeah. I also think one thing that I had to learn is just to not get personally attached to the things that I make. At the end of the day, you're going to, because you made it, it's your vision and you brought it to life. You spent so many hours on it, but in order to get actual, you know, criticism and to have a really good product you you have to listen to what people think and if um, the majority of people don't like it chances are there's something that you can improve on so yeah just try not to take anything too personally I definitely had to learn that because I would get really defensive at first because I'm like no it's, it's nice I like it I made it you, know? you don't understand the vision there's something wrong with it it's good and you just have to like be open and just look at it as in third party and remember like your bigger picture that you want for your business. Finding that balance between getting constructive feedback and at the same time going through with your passion and just like going with your gut is like such a hard thing to balance sometimes. Yeah. But you know, it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, I, I have a good feeling about this. And like, I, you know, I think this is it. And even when it came to changing the packaging, I had so many people tell me like, no, Julia, it's already here. You've spent so much time. It's going to be like such a waste to just like not go through with it. Like, like, let's just do it. And I was like, no, like, we can't, we can't put this out. This just isn't it. I'm going to have to change the packaging in a year or in a few months. Like I can't, I don't even want to look at it. So <laughs> we have to change it. And not everyone agreed with that. But now when we all think about it, it's like everyone says it's a good idea that I took the time to fix and improve it and then launch when I felt like it was ready. And then the second question is, what is something that you wish you knew before you started your business? I would say definitely one thing I wish I knew is how to vet a manufacturer. And I just, I wish I had more experience in that end. At the end of the day, it's my first time when it comes to doing production, talking to factories, working with a manufacturer. So 
there's only, you know, so many things that you could know, but take your time to really vet out the people that you're working with. Like really do your research and spend time asking your manufacturers questions. Don't be afraid to invest or put some money into quality control checks. Make sure they are able to do the volume of production that you're asking them to do. Make sure that the quality of work is good. For our packaging, I know I sampled with so many different manufacturers and I sampled multiple times just to make sure that they can really keep up with the quality that they're producing. At the end of the day, like this is a business for them as well. So I find like they'll really try to sell you a dream. Like they'll tell you, oh, we can do all of the things that you want and you know, we'll give it to you for like the cheapest price possible and we'll get it to you in two days. Like it's going to be amazing. And obviously that's everything that you want to hear, but chances are it's not going to go that way. So just take your time and just like do your research and make sure that you're really, you trust the people that you're working with because you want to make sure that whoever you start doing your production with, that they're going to be able to continue to grow with you as a business so that you can continue to, you know, make larger amounts and you trust the people that you're working with and you trust that the products that you're getting will ship and arrive to your door or your office. Yeah, that's a great tip because I feel like a lot of people really don't talk about the nitty gritty. They're always, you know, when they talk about, you know, making a small business, it's just like, oh, like, just make sure your website's good. And then like, that was the hardest part. But there's actually so many other things in terms of like getting suppliers and all the like distributing it, like sending it out, things like that, that no one really talks about, but is actually a huge hurdle for most young entrepreneurs just starting out their business. And then the last question is, so talking a little bit in terms of the MUA industry and just in terms of the the makeup artist industry and the pool, how do you really build trust with your potential customers in such a heavily saturated industry like beauty? So do you have any tips for maybe makeup artists that are starting out and don't really know how to grow their network? So there's definitely so many tips. Um, I went through all of that in specific. So what I can definitely say is always try and show up on time and do a good job. I know like punctuality is such a huge thing, but I find like there's just so many people that just don't think it is. <laughs> um, even with me in the beginning, um, all my gigs were downtown and I was driving or taking the subway from like the east of the city and I would you know, I would be late because of a bus or I'd be late because of my Uber or I'd be late because I was stuck in traffic. So just make sure you allot yourself extra time and you show up because that's definitely a sign of respect for the person that you're working with. Um, two would be to listen to your client and give them what they want without compromising your own artistry. So I know that sometimes I've worked with clients and they'll be like, I really want like this color or this eye and something that looks like this and that might not suit their eye but you're gonna have to try and meet them halfway because at the end of the day you're there to make them feel feel beautiful and you're there to kind of elevate their their day Um, another thing I would say is to assist so I actually got really lucky because I ended up assisting uh, someone who ended up being my best friend (laughs) so Now, when I work with this other artist, I'm just like, it's just like two pals hanging out and we have such a good time. But 
assisting is a really easy way for you to network, especially if you find a mentor or an artist that you really get along with. But the last thing I would say is just to practice. So even if you're starting out and you're, you've been doing makeup or you want to do makeup, um, practice on yourself, practice on your sister, your best friend, your mom, anyone that you have around you, just practice. So after COVID-19, where's the first place you want to visit and why? Definitely Japan. So I've always wanted to go to Japan. It's like at the top of my bucket list. Anywhere hot, I want to go to, but Japan in specific, um, I just think the culture, the food, and especially the beauty, they have a huge beauty market as well as like some of the most like creative and best makeup and skincare products. So I would just really like to go and just like learn and look at everyone, eat, (laughs) walk around. They also have such amazing fashion sense there. So That's definitely at the top of my list. And I really want to go right when we're able to go. Anyways, thank you so much, Julia. It was a great conversation. And thanks for all your great tips, both from, you know, being in the makeup industry and also now being a young woman entrepreneur. Super excited to see how Emboss continues to grow and thrive in 2021. Manifest it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that we got to do this. And good luck to you and your podcast. And I hope that we can do this again soon. Bye. And that's it, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Feel free to DM me if you have any sort of feedback. I'd love to hear what you think of the episode and also the show. If you enjoyed the episode, it would help me so much if you left a review on Apple Podcasts. Somehow it helps with the algorithm so more listeners like yourself can find the pod and also relate to the content. Feel free to also follow at Happy Spotless Minds on Instagram to stay updated on behind the scenes, notifications on new episodes, and also some additional clips that didn't make it in this episode. I'll have everything linked in the show notes below. Thank you so much again for your support. I am your host, Heidi Poon, and I'll see you next week on another episode of Happy Spotless Minds.